As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The soft dancing torchlight gleamed across Jorik's armor in the darkness. The Night Watch was never fun to take on, but it was his turn in the rotation. He and the other guards in Iron's Edge rotated this schedule every week. It was never easy to stay up for the shift, but he needed to make sure the town remained safe during the dark hours. He moved through the city's dimly lit streets, the leyline light casting its faint glow across the town. He stopped and spoke with Gwork for a few moments. She had an issue with a mine worker who was off duty and had a few too many and got into a fight. She handled it fine for herself, but he wanted to check in and collect the drunkard. Gwork greeted him and offered a drink, but he turned it down. She was always nice enough to offer, but he was always smart enough to say no. They exchanged pleasantries, and he collected the man and took him back to the barracks to deposit him in a cell for the night. The next guard could handle the charges. There were only four guards, including Jorik and Iron's Edge. It was certainly not a busy town for a guard, but it could have its challenging moments. It was a cozy enough job, though, and was kind of a dream for Jorik. He could live his life, work his job, and lay back and enjoy the comforts that Iron's Edge provided with its peaceful location. Jorik resumed his routes. The sun was beginning to rise over their bountiful mountain. He decided this would be his last walk around town, and then he would head back to the barracks for the shift change. The young sergeant named Rose should be waiting at the barracks for him to take over for the morning shift. The sound of the mine shift change horn went off and took Jorik out of his tunnel vision. He made a hard turn and headed back to the barracks. He was greeted by silence in the common room. Dusty shelves of weapons and armor lined the walls, more than his paltry guard regimen would ever need. The tin leaf insignia etched into each blade, shield, and breastplate let anyone who saw them know who exactly paid for their production. Elian was a frugal man and wouldn't stand to have all of this made unless it was cheap. Each blade, despite its lack of use, was dulled and chipped and the armor was blemished. Lathander forbid something actually happened where the guard would need to use any of this stuff. Jork didn't care for the frugality of Elian's nature when it came to equipping his guards. The Royal Guard were well-armed, from Elian's personal armory, but the Town Guard were left with this shoddy work. When he hired each guard, he actually took them to Faden and commissioned an armor set and weapon for each of them out of his own pocket. Jorik didn't live richly and didn't see the use for the money that he was paid apart from the necessities, so he may as well make sure the people protecting the town would be well enough armed to at least have the appearance of readiness. 
Jorik looked down at the hilt of his sword. He got it when he left his conclave to come here. They taught him the truths of Lathander and his justice, and molded him into the man he was today. Training in faith, sword, and shield. Each were pillars to their beliefs. Faith in Lathander's light, the sword to strike down the darkness, and the shield to hide those seeking the light from dark. The plain sword gave the impression of a pauper's weapon, but its light only shone when Jorik needed it. The only hint of its gilded nature being the symbol of Lathander inlaid on the guard. Sergeant Rose was waiting in his office. He walked in and saw the tall Goliath woman. She stood more than double his height and was a quite intimidating sight in her armor and massive axe slung over her shoulder. She greeted him and Jorik returned the gesture as he sat down. Uh, quiet night, Sergeant. Honestly, uh, I think I could have just stayed in here and let Gork handle the drunkard that she had an issue with last night. He's in the cells. Get him processed and contact his family. I'm sure they'll come to get him before long. Otherwise, take a lap around town and then check in on the miners. It's been a while since you've checked in on them during your rounds, and we want to make sure that we have a good relationship, Jorik said authoritatively. Rose straightened her back and saluted him. Yes, Captain. I'm sorry, sir. I try to stay away from the mines. Guerus doesn't make the tunnels tall enough for me to walk through easily. I know, but all the same, they need to trust you if something happens, and that doesn't happen with them easy. You are dismissed, Sergeant. She saluted him again and then walked off, presumably towards the cells to process the drunkard. Jorik had some paperwork to do before he could get any sleep. He had morning rounds the next day, so he didn't want to sleep too early. He looked over the stack of papers on his desk and sighed. He grabbed the bound papers on the top. Pay schedules for the Royal and City Guard. He didn't understand why his guards were so much lower paid than the Royal Guards. They didn't patrol or handle scuffles around town. They just sat in Elian's manor and most of the time they drank. Even if they were needed they wouldn't even be sober enough to lift their shiny, pretty blades. Jork worked over the budgeting and then on to scheduling for his guard rotation. He needed another one or two guards, but it wasn't in the budget, according to Elian. He looked at the numbers and scoffed. The Royal Guard could reduce by one, and he could hire four more good people with extra left for bonuses to the current guard. The Royal Guard would still have double the numbers he had in that situation. Suddenly, Jorik realized he was asleep. It was an odd sensation to be in dreams and realize that you weren't awake. He didn't care in the moment. The night's lack of events had truly exhausted him. At least if something substantial had happened, it would have kept his mind occupied and he would have been fine, but the boredom wears on a person. Jorik settled into his dream. He stood at the front of his loyal guards as a tide of darkness came down the mountain. He said some words to them, but couldn't tell what he had said over the oppressive sounds coming down the slope. He looked past his guards and saw the Temple of Lathander behind them. An odd golden light emanated off the sides of the old building, almost like wings that shone over him and his guard. The wings flapped and the golden light bathed them and held back the darkness for just a moment as he turned and drew his blade. He awoke suddenly at the sound of the shift change horn from the mines. It couldn't be that late. Uh, 
By Lathander's light, if he had already slept that long, tomorrow's morning rounds would be brutal. He got out of his chair and walked out to the common room, intending to meet Rose there to check in for shift change. The horn blasted again. Odd. Jorick looked to the windows that still shone with day's bright light. It wasn't shift change yet. The horn blasted again, and Jorick just ran. He charged out of the barracks to see the town in a panic. Screams and cries from scared townspeople sounded around him as he noticed that there were many injured among them. By the gods, there was a collapse. Jorick ran to the mine's entrance. He could hear screams coming from inside. This must have been bad. It had been years since the last collapse. Guerus was too good. Something must have gone wrong. She was too good for mistakes like this. He pushed through the mass of people fleeing, the only one going that direction. They were starting a new tunnel today. He remembered from Guerus's report. He pushed through the throngs of workers and heard muttering of how awful it was from the crowd. Suddenly, he was alone. He heard the clang of steel from further in. They were already working on clearing it. Good on Guerus to not waste any time. He continued through the tunnels until he reached the clearing where the work would have been and was shocked by what he saw. Sergeant Rose stood side by side with Guerus. Three miles... Three miners were huddled by the entrance where he just came through, injured and seemingly unable to move. Rose swung her massive axe in an arc down onto some creature that had just tried to stab her. Guerus swung her miner's pick down onto another that came through a hole in the wall. The sickening pop and crunch of blood and bone made his stomach turn for a second. Sergeant Rose, report, now! Rose turned to look at the captain. Captain... There was an attack. They came through the mountain. At least a dozen miners were taken by the creatures. Guerus and I held here to protect these three. She pointed to the huddled trio of miners. Jorik looked at them and back to Sergeant Rose and Guerus. You two, uh, get these people to safety. I'll hold the rear. Go! Sergeant Rose saluted and scooped two of the miners while Guerus swung the other over her shoulder. She looked terrified, but gave Jorik a nod of appreciation as she passed by. Jorik pulled the shield off of his back and drew his sword as two more of the lizard-like creatures came through the hole. He blocked a dagger thrust that was the first one that got to him. The scrape of the dagger's sharp point screeched against his shield as he slashed at the slower one. It fell easily. He lashed out with the shield at the one he blocked, knocking it off its feet. He stabbed down at the fallen creature with the tip of his blade. It was an instant death. Jorik backed up as quick as he could. He looked at his shield, the single scratch on it being the only blemish in it, right across the symbol of Lathander. He didn't like how that made him feel. Another three came out of the hole after him now. He engaged with them, felling the first easily, but had to hide behind his shield as the other two came in aggressively. He heard a rumble from behind him, and as he turned, he saw solid rock crumble and creatures start coming out. The creature that came out first had a dagger in its hand. It was different from the others. White, rainbow, light, dragon rock. More blows from the front made his arm shudder. He stabbed out and caught one of the two remaining monsters. He turned back to look at the other. It crawled out of the wall fully and charged at him. He turned to block the attack and felt a stabbing pain in his side where the other creature slammed into him with a club. He cried out in pain, 
but more were coming through now. He had to get out of here. He heard the sound of pounding, heavy footsteps. Sergeant Rose came running down the tunnel. She grabbed the creature with the dragon rock dagger and slammed it against the wall, killing it. Captain, we need to go. We're overwhelmed here. We, we need to go. He nodded in agreement and turned and ran behind the massive woman. They heard more rumbles as rock fell out of holes holding more of the creatures. He and Sergeant Rose struck out at as many as they could, but it made such a small difference in their numbers. They breached the exit of the mine and back into the city. It was dark now, though. The light of the sun was being choked out by a swirling mass of storm clouds overhead. Jorik looked up at the black clouds, which seemed impossibly close to them. Lightning struck the top of the mountain at that moment, making Jorik's heart almost pump straight through his armor. The pair ran back down the slope towards the town. At the gate, they met Lieutenant Nigel and Private Tariq, the newest member of the guard, a young elven woman from a lower merchant family with too many kids. The four guards met at the gate, and Jorik and Sergeant Rose relayed the information they had to the others. After a few moments, they heard the sounds of chaos from the mountain. Jorik and the others turned to look up to the entrance and saw true horror. A mass of the creatures were slowly pouring out from the large door. They were so many. So many. He turned back and looked at his guards, the three of them faithfully standing, waiting for their captain's orders. The armaments Jorik paid for stood out in that moment. The moment he thought would never come, but feared would, was here. They needed the equipment Elian denied, and Jorik offered to them freely. Their faces looked to him, stoic and stern. They looked ready. My friends and loyal guards, we are the line. We are the only line of defense our home has. We have a duty to protect these people and their homes with our lives if we need to. I trust each of you with my life and will be proud and honored to stand here with you to defend our home. For our mountain home, for Iron's Edge, and for our families, I ask that you draw your weapons and stand by my side as I stand by yours. The three gave out a cry then, yelling their fury towards the mountain. This was their home and they will protect it. He looked past them to the temple of Lathander. He sent something there and his mind went back to his dream. He blinked hard and opened them to a flash of golden light. It was gone as soon as he blinked again and no one else seemingly noticed. His heart slowed as he turned and drew his weapon once more. The still fresh blood dripped off its tip from his previous kills. The four guards of Iron's Edge stood firm as the mass of creatures came towards them. Jorik didn't notice, but the brand of Lathander on his sword lit with a golden glow. He had faith in Lathander's light to strengthen him. He had trust in the sword in his hand to cut down the darkness. He held his shield with a resolve to protect those that were behind him. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.